Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are again for our sixth annual holiday wine tasting show. Welcome to the show. We have got a full cast of characters here, the usual suspects, <laughs> Tish Burbaum with the Zanbergen Group, Paula Stoyer, um, Scott Heinela, also with the Zanbergen Group, myself, and a special guest, Landon Patterson from 100 Acre. Landon, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. we got thirsty people here. <laughs> yes, we are. Just to tell you who I am so you know I'm here, I'm Landon Patterson. I'm the CEO of 100 Acre Wine uh, up in Napa Valley. We're a collection of high-end boutique wineries, predominantly making wines uh, from Napa Valley. But today, we're, we're going to kind of do a sneak peek on a newest project from us from Sonoma Coast with some Pinot Noir. So excited. Yes. The Zanbergen Group is yes. first so first excited. to it for the holidays. Yeah, it's that's great. incredibly exciting. Well, We've got the right you. audience here. That's it. Mm -hmm. got some Pinot fans here. All right, so the format of today will be, we're gonna start with the wine and we'll sequence the wine as one would normally mm -hmm. um, drink. And then we will kind of pair some holiday food ideas, both from mid-November through the end of December. You pick a holiday and we'll, uh, we'll have a wine for your meal. So Lennon, I know we have one of your wines here to start with, tell us about it. Cool, so this first bottle is called, is from a guy by the name of Paul Lotto. Paul Lotto is, we would call him like a garagiste winemaker. He literally is a super small producer. He makes wines barrel by barrel. So this wine is actually only 75 cases produced. Wow. So it's only three barrels. It's a type of grape called Tokai Frulliano. And Tokai Frulliano is a Northern Italian wine. Think of it almost like a Pinot Grigio, but with like a little steelier, a little bit more minerally. And he actually takes this grape and has, has some planted in Santa Maria Central Coast area. So this is what we call a Cal Atal. It's a California version of an Italian grape. Wow. And so this is a grape you probably haven't seen before in California and probably most of you haven't had in Italy. But this style of wine makes a really, it's sort of like Sauvignon Blanc, but it has um, a little bit more minerality. It's almost gonna taste like wet stones. And when I do uh, holidays, you know, oftentimes you're tasting, you kind of want to get your palate fired up. People start with champagne or they start with other things. This wine is gonna get that salivation going. You're gonna get all the palate fired up. And it's also great when you're tasting a lot of different appetizers because you'll have rich things, sweet things, salty things. So something like this is really great to get it going. So great. Love it. Sounds like you're gonna love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I wanted to bring some wines that were, you know, certainly from smaller producers. I always love s supporting the small businesses. Uh, a guy like this doesn't make this wine to make money. Meaning he he makes money, don't get me wrong, but this yeah. is a passion wine. Yeah. Yes, he makes unbelievable Pinot Noirs, amazing Grenaches, and unbelievable Chardonnays. But then he takes grapes from like little tiny small farmers all throughout the Central Coast and finds these little these little nuggets, and he'll make a small amount of wine. He actually yeah. makes another wine called 
Boogie Nights. That's from a Malvasia <laughs> Bianca. <laughs> Sounds Yeah, fun. he makes wines called like Space Cadet, Boogie Nights. I mean, this wow. is a guy I want to drink fun. with, right? Yes. And, um, and so, yeah, he's actually a Polish guy and who's a completely self-taught winemaker. So wow, he taught himself how to make wine. So a really super interesting huh. guy, Paul Otto. Wow. So have you had a wine like this before? No. Okay. You got to get your verdicts. I yeah. like it. You're sort of getting that stoniness, that steeliness. It almost tastes like wet steel and, and like, right. like tastes like wet stone. This is something that's begging for some cheese. Oh, you know, get yeah. me some goat yeah, cheese. Get me, you know, yeah. people always bring like an artichoke, spinach artichoke dip. Yeah. It's like artichokes are like, can have a way to make wine taste sort of um, tinny a little bit. It's a weird yeah. pairing. And then you add cheese, there's all this fat. You bring this in and it's like freshening your palate. So that second taste, that third taste continues to be um, sort of as, as delicious and as flavorful as the first one. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I normally don't like white wines, as everybody this on the show is, knows. We this know is that. a theme for me. You don't say. Year. I know, <laughs> shocker. But I actually really enjoy the taste of this quite a bit. Wonderful. Yeah, really. Yeah, this is a dry wine. So this isn't like when yeah. you think of a fruity wine, this is not yeah. as much of a fruity wine. This is a nice like aperitif wine. This is a wine in Italy that they're having for lunch. They're having, you know, as their first taste before, you know, maybe an afternoon wine. I would brunch with this all day long. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could see on the porch, New Zealand, right? just drinking in the summer. I love it. Just I enjoying a glass of this. Salad with like pecans, maybe Perfect. some dates. Yeah. Oh, there you, you go. Throw in some goat cheese. You're there good you to go. go. Yeah. Any of that sort of spinach, apple, goat cheese, oh, uh, oh, red yes. onion, uh, dried, th those types of things, like a spring summer style uh -huh. salad is really great. And you still get a lot of that with fall dishes people will bring like a nice fall dish pecans um, you know cranberries and things like that um, what I also like about this wine is it's not heavy yeah. You know, you're going to have a lot of food during the holidays right yeah. and we tend to get wines that tend to get heavier and it makes you feel fuller this is a wine that's got a nice light weight yeah. so you can have a couple glasses après dinner and just kind of still feel lean and mean uh -huh. before you get into the, <laughs> yeah. so you start like putting the heavy carbs <laughs> in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because you're right, it, it, it's some cross between Pinot Grigio, Sav Blanc. Yeah. Um, Nice, really nice. This is no oak. So this no is no sugar. oak, stainless yeah. steel. The area this is grown in is in called Alto Adige in Italy. Uh, so that's up by like the Austrian border. So you're starting to get into more like Germany, colder climates. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get as warm there, so the grapes don't ripen very much. So you, that's why this wine has a lower alcohol, a little lower sugar level, those types of things. And so that's a that's an important part of uh, what makes this wine so good. So yeah. the Go ahead, Tish. I was going to say, since there's not very many made, where do we find this wine? So you go to paulottowines.com okay. and okay. get on his mailing list. Now, this guy makes probably 30 or 40 wines, but he makes a small amount of each yeah. one, Got 50 it. cases, 200 cases. Wow. Um, everything he makes is good. Right, like so even if you'd have, and he has a winemaker case, wow. just get 12 bottles or six bottles and he'll send you like a potpourri oh, of great. stuff. And enjoy that. That's great for a holiday party idea. Like yeah. you want to get people together, yeah. get a mix box or something like that, and have fun. So that production is harder to get than Hundred Acre. <laughs> not, not, not yet. Well, it's certainly less expensive. He's on his way. Uh, yeah, this is about a fifty dollar, forty dollar bottle. Hundred okay. Acre, we're getting in that seven hundred or a thousand bottle range. I, 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 you know, for for holidays, I don't give a lot of Hundred Acre. Yeah. I, you know, I've got it on the back bar for my people that really appreciate it, not my friends that are yeah. going just for. Is that the most expensive wine? Yeah. Let me have two glasses. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, the name Tokai, I'm, I'm, it's ringing a bell from from psalm classes. Uh, is that the same grape that originated in um, is it Hungary? Hungary? So Tokai, or Tokaji, which they yeah. call it there, yeah. is a similar grape. Yeah. So it's in a similar family. Okay. Tokai Frugliano um, is, yeah, so they actually make sweet wines from this. So in a certain area, oh, right. it can actually yeah. get a mold. It, it, it's it like is. a fungus that makes that concentrates the sugars. It's ah. so a Hungarian Tokai wines. So wow. Tokai, T A C O I in Hungary, it's T O K A J I. Mm. So uh, oftentimes you'll have certain grapes that'll have a different name in different places. So it's the same grape, but it'll have its yeah. Italian name. It's Hungarian Sarah, name. Shiraz. Sarah. Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris. Yeah. Grigio means gray in Italian. Yeah. Gris means gray in French. They're yeah. the same grape. Yeah. So you get those types of pieces. That's a good. That's a good pickup part because not a lot of people know that uh, Tokai. Yeah. So this wine could be very sweet. Imagine how dry this wine is. And yeah. another place, the Tokai is going to make a dry wine, uh, a sweet wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm out there. What's it say the alcohol? Yeah, I, was, I went to check because you said it was like 13 and a half. So it's on the higher. Yeah. Me, well, for medium Cal plus for California wine, that's yeah, probably on the yeah, lower low side, side now. But yeah, normally in Italy, that wine would probably be in like a 12 percent range. Yeah. So it's a little bit riper, but still yeah. kind of a fresher style. Or the all wine. day. Drinker. Yeah, yeah. We like an all-day drinker, don't we? We're going to make sure we get Tish the 12.5 uh, the version. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll get you one of those. So you said some fall salads. I said like it. I said, uh, I said uh, um, artichoke dips and yeah. things like that. Is there anything else anybody can think of that what, like they like when they could get going? Maybe like you're having oysters or you do some like shrimp something, like a seafood early crab, something like that? Totally. Crab. All, all the above. We will do... Uh, some fresh crackers with the duck pate. Nice. And then a little bit of the peach jelly. Oh, yeah. Peach jam with a nice white wine like this. It would taste really, really good to the me. The pate wouldn't be too heavy for that? You know, pate, you know, pate is a little bit hard. I, I Pate is it's very fatty. It's very fatty, so it's going to coat your palate. A higher acid wine can be nice. This may be a little bit bracing. I would go for, you could do a white, but you'd probably want something a little richer. Okay. Um, yeah. But... You know, when you start mixing foods together, like say pate and a cracker, you say, "Oh, it's too rich." But then you add peaches. Okay, is it a That's the is sweet. it sweet? Yeah. Is it yeah. is it a is it more of a zingy style of, of of So when you start to combo things, you know, it, it changes the dynamic. You know, so the, the good news is, is as long as it's good pate and good everything, good wine, good people, so it'll pair. <laughs> it'll, right. it'll, it'll pair for sure. Well, and that's why I always pair it with the the jam. Yeah, because by itself, I particularly don't enjoy it, mm -hmm. but the, the taste flavor and the profile with the jam, the sweet with the, the oiliness, the fat of the pate, it, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyways. What, what, what is your go-to first appetizer? Like when you, it's the holidays is a broad time. You're eating a lot of different things. Is there anything that's like, my family, we cook one certain dishes during this time of year, whatever that ends up becoming. So that's, I'm always looking forward to them and I don't eat them any other time of the year. Is there anybody have any of that that's like your... You know, yeah, ours is very, um, it's a little bit unique. It's, um, my family's from the Netherlands. Okay. And it is a, think of, uh, I, I can't even say it in the Dutch, right? Dutch accent, Huzadasla. Okay. So it, think of a, a very heavy potato salad with um, uh, stewed beef. Ah, okay. And like peas. And it, so it's like a meal with mayonnaise. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Wow. Mm. And it's actually 
delicious. It's once a year we have it. Speaking of Netherlands and also that whole you know Scandinavia area, they eat a lot of um, sardine, smoked yeah. fish, yeah. dried mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. This is something that goes nice, nice. with like a, a, a smoked fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, also times too, like it'll be like a herring, and oftentimes there's like a, a mayonnaise or some sort of a creamy yeah. type of a sauce. Yeah. This is something that can kind of cut yeah. a little bit of the oiliness of a sardine or a smoked yeah. fish yeah. and kind of freshen the palate up. What about you guys? Any dish that's like your, you know, appetizer you just look at once a year? Not an appetizer. I mean, I actually just made for the first time. It was like my test round before Friendsgiving coming mm-hmm. up. I always do a, a black truffle risotto, Ooh. but that's clearly not an appetizer. So we'll get yeah. to that later. But you're but Italian, I, right? I am. Yes. Yeah, so having a lot of like calamari, frutti di mare, things like that, those types of dishes kind of coming back to here with food in that regard. Yeah. I would say I'm traditional, like just cheese or a baked cheese and yeah. some type of garnish. What your it. cool jelly, the jalapeno so, jelly? Yeah, similar. So we'll just do a bunch of like cheeses and crackers, and then we'll have jellies to pair with it. Get your baked brie, way. your yeah. cracker, a couple exactly. jams. Now we're now we're yeah. now see now we're we'll feeling do, like, the, the food. We're gonna get, a, we'll we'll get that sense memory going yeah. here for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome, you big guy. Well, we'll do a. My mother-in-law does an incredible baked brie, but then she puts cranberry sauce over it for the holidays yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah and she melts it in the oven and it's like just golden brown on the yeah. top it's so yeah. and you dip that with the wine oh pinot noir it's so good yeah that is so They're good great. remember yes. our earlier show 90 10 that's right there's our 15 right there mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right <laughs> all right where are we going next landon Okay, so it looks like, so you, so I brought a, a collection of wines, kind of things that I enjoy, and then you have an interesting collection of wines from uh, Copper Cane, which is um, the, the Wagner family, the son's uh, wine. So that's uh, uh, um, uh, Belle Gloss, Quilt, a uh, couple different wines from their piece. So this next wine here, here, if you want to pour Tish, just pass, take the bottle, pass it around. So I don't know this one. I mean, this is a, I, I know the producer quilt. So this is from the Wagner family from Copper Cane. Um, this is uh, the quilt is their Napa Valley wine for Cabernet, generally speaking. But this is a Fumé Blanc. So Fumé Blanc, uh, you probably heard that term before. Fumé Blanc is Sauvignon Blanc. So Sauvignon Blanc, uh, the Mondavis, and uh, in the '60s and '70s, called their wine Fumé Blanc after to make it more of a French style because that's what they call it in the French area, uh, fumé. Um, and so this is a Sauvignon Blanc, but they're, when they call it fumé, they're trying to tell you they're making a more of a French style of wine. If it just says Sauvignon Blanc, they're saying, well, maybe it could be New Zealand. Maybe it could be yeah. California. Yeah. But when they do that, they, 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 they do that, they're basically telling you that's something they're trying to do. Very What's interesting. the French style? Why is that unique? So... You know, I'm doing a seminar next week on on wine, and I try to tell people how to know something about wine yeah. without ever tasting it. Okay. Looking at a bottle, and I can tell three or four things about a bottle of wine merely just looking at the label. The first thing I always look at is the alcohol. Okay. The higher the alcohol of a wine, the fuller body the wine is going to be. Now, if you're looking among Pinot Grigios, and you have three Pinot Grigios, the one that has the higher alcohol will be generally a fuller body wine. Same with a Cabernet or a Pinot Noir. If you're looking for a fresh Pinot, look at three at the back and go towards one that's going to be a lower alcohol. The second thing is look at the geography. If an area is close to the sea, it's going to be a cooler area. So it's going to be lower temperature. The wines will tend to be lighter and fresher. So if you're in Santa Barbara, you're near the sea, right? It's going to be fresher. Well, if you start making your way inland, what happens? It gets warmer. The grapes get riper. More sugar, 
more alcohol. So the wines are gonna tendly be fuller body. So those are two things you can tell really quickly. Mm. Look at the geography. The I French like style yeah. in the Loire, which is the area where Sauvignon Blanc is really famous, it's in the center of France. It's cold, it's already raining, wet. So the grapes don't tend to get very ripe. So they tend to be a higher acid, more steely. Also the type of soil kind of is a chalkier style soil. Um, and so they're sort of saying we'll make a, an homage to that style of wine. Oh, Thank you. That was really helpful. It. There you go. That, that, you know, that's fine. You learned something <laughs> right there. That was it. You're oh, done. 100%. Of years of knowing Bart, I went from going to the grocery store and asking whoever works there, which probably knew maybe something or, or nothing about wine, <laughs> to help me pick or points or looking on Google like, hey, what's the best rated? But I have now just, I feel like over the years, improved my palate and been able to pick up little pieces along the way which is great yeah you've, you've really upgraded your your, your wine taste <laughs> for sure <laughs> so this style of wine sorry yeah, this is joseph wagner charles wagner, charlie wagner's son this is a pretty high acid style of sauvignon blanc this is not like new zealand style which can be acidic but it has like a tropical yeah fruit this is like very steely also it's, it's actually interesting i almost may have would have poured this wine Oh, before, before that, the polo. Yeah, this right. is lighter than I expected. Yeah. Oh, really? Because yeah. uh, uh, copper cane wines tend to be, uh, they, they tend to make wines that are, you know, embracing the California style of a little more fruit, a little more opulence, yeah. embracing that climate. But this is interesting. That's also 13.5% alcohol, too. Yeah. Um, but you can tell the body of this wine. Like, if I was to bring three Sauvignon Blancs, I could just tell by the alcohol generally that this one would be the lighter one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is sort of similar. A lot of the same dishes we were talking about before. Um, I, I would also say about this wine, this is important to, I think it says also, Fumé Blanc Reserve. So this is saying to them that this may be like a higher tier wine for them or the reserve series where, you know, um, on, the word reserve can, you know, that Kendall Jackson calls their $10 Chardonnay Vintner's Reserve. So I don't know what the non-reserve <laughs> portion is. Right. I don't know where just a Vintner's one is. But generally speaking, when a winery says reserve, they're like reserving certain barrels. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is definitely a very fresh wine. It's it's definitely more of a gooseberry, kind of like a, um, uh, a little, little lychee. Yeah, a little lychee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is it so strong when you first take a sip and then it gets really mellow afterwards? What is that? Something. Well, there's a lot of things. I would say I would say this wine has a pretty interesting, uh, relatively um, complicated, complex nose, and then it has a kind of a a, a more abbreviated finish. It's not like mm -hmm. a style that's yeah. heavier where you're going to keep tasting this wine. This yeah. is like a nice, um, um, like uh, ap appetizer style, but like a wine you're going to. Maybe you don't even need to have food. You're kind of like having a little something. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think so. You know, um, uh, in style, I'd be interested to try their non-reserve wine to see, okay. like, is there a big difference? Um, and 2021 was a pretty ripe vintage, too. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to try. You know, this is probably a newer wine for them, then, because I know they're known predominantly for doing Cabernets, which we're going to try later. But this is sort of a newer wine, so this could be, like, really small production or, or something really new. Got it, yeah. I mean, if we compare this to a New Zealand or even a, a traditional California Sauvignon Blanc, there seems there's a lot less of that bell pepper and green grass. It's a much more. You like, always pick up. that up. I've seen some bell pepper. 
Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Which, is, which is good to know. I mean, yeah. that, those are things that are tasteful to your palate. Yeah. This is very different yeah. than that. Yeah. This one I would drink, the, the, the bell mm-hmm. pepper. Yeah, bell pepper is... Um, so interestingly, bell pepper can actually, a little tiny bit of it can be interesting, but generally bell pepper is a bad, is like, is a bad. <laughs> you is, say that all the time. Be, because it generally means that like when the bell pepper and also jalapeno, oh. that you can have all that sort of green, crunchy, kind of like the, yeah. what's the, the capsicum, <clears throat> the capsaicin, whatever that makes it spicy. Yeah. That oftentimes is a wine that's been produced too heavily. They're producing yeah. too many grapes. When they press, white great white wines are only from the juice, not the skins. But the more that they take that vine and produces more and more, it sort of like brings on those acids that are in the skins and it becomes sort of that jalapeno pepper thing. Um, New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs can have that. Um, if they're produced at a lot of quantity, they will have that. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. They do have a generally a little more fruit than this wine, though. There's and it can be a little bit of a sweeter style, even like a candied citrus. It's citrus, but it has a little bit of a sweet tart, like a sweet tart candy mm-hmm. sort of flavor to mm. it. It's sure. funny you mentioned tart. I just said that to Tish. I said this wine tastes so tart to me compared yeah. to the first one. It, this wine is tart. I, I would. This is definitely a wine that's for. A particular drinker yes like um you know being in the wine profession it's so funny a lot of wine people you know they'll smell the wine and i'll smell it and it'll smell horrendous yeah <laughs> and then i'll try it and it'll taste horrendous yeah. and all the sommeliers are like oh my god you have to try this it smells just like horse manure i'm like is this good is that, is that a good thing like, yeah i've never had really? this so there tends to be in wine people tend to find yeah. like yeah. The outlier. They want yeah. this weird, you know, and I'm I like that a little bit, but yeah. I'm I never pretend I like it just because the crowd is into it. I'm like, eh, <laughs> I nah, not for the, me. you can have this one. I'll have this one. Yeah. You really yeah. like this, you yeah. take this one home. Yeah. So but yeah, definitely I would have probably if you would have asked me before I put them in the order that I thought was appropriate, because yeah. I thought Napa Valley would have been a little higher alcohol. Yeah. Um, but looking at the alcohol should have let me know this would be a leaner style of mm. California Chardonnay. Got it. Or a Sauvignon Blanc, pardon me. Got yeah, it. yeah. yeah. All right. And you would pair this with same as... Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same things. I would be cautious on having anything too rich with this. I think if you have something too rich, this wine will become very brief. I would go oysters, something, a lot of salinity, something, if you're having crab, you're having kind of having it like a fresh yeah. seafood type of dish. Yeah. Maybe like a, like a frito misto, maybe if you were going to go fried, but like... Uh, you know, calamaris, octopuses, those mm, clams, like in, in a more fresh shellfish sort of style, I think would be better, would be strong for this type of wine. Yeah, I agree. Makes sense. So this is what the wine you're fruit? having while you're making your other wine and you're yeah. having a couple, you're tasting your sauce yeah. and you're doing a couple things. What about fruit? If you were to pair this with some fruit, like on a summer day, right? Ooh, this one's tough. I don't know that I would go fruit here. It's a weird, I, I don't know. Well, you uh, have to. I have to go fruit. Yeah, okay, you have to. Got your head. Fruit. <laughs> no option. Oh, which one? Well, avocado okay, is a fruit. Okay, you can pair a fruit. <laughs> I would go with like a pear. I'd go like a Bosch pear, oh, like yes. a riper style oh, pear. Yes. Also, one one pear. Yeah. Might, might on a little, on a little sourdough. Yeah, a little brie. A little okay. French baguette. I also like that. love my that wife. That would be nice. My, yeah. my wife is Cambodian. and um, You can layer in a little cheese. Yeah, you can definitely yeah, layer in cheese. 100%. This would be good with goat cheese. Also, if you ever had a Korean pear before, it's kind of like hickam. Oh, yeah, like apple. It's like an apple. It's very 
yeah. very, it's very crisp, crisp. Yes. And not so sweet. <clears throat> I love um, those. That would be really cool too. But I would definitely go pear here. I think you're probably in a safe, mm -hmm. safe zone here Great on the call. pear. So. Yeah. Kiwi okay. or no? I don't you know. Consider I don't know. I, you know, I'd have to think about it. I don't eat a lot of kiwi. I love kiwi, but I almost never have it with wine. That'd be you so sweet. You gotta think about that. I frankly would not have fruit with wine. Yeah. This is my fruit. Yeah. What, what is the, the uh, yeah. so this is a the native New Zealand dessert. It has a meringue and it's layered with fruit on the top. It usually has, mm. uh, it'll come to me. Lime pie? Nope, no, that's horrible. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my trainer, my trainer is It'll a kiwi. He'd probably come at you. He'd probably, I don't know. Yeah, fruit. It's like a I'm fruit come tart. Is that. it a tart of some type? Well, fresh fruit on it? Yeah, it sounds like, um, like he's describing it as tart. It, 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 it's meringue. Okay. And then they layer it with fruit and whipped cream. So obviously native to New Zealand, it's got a lot of kiwi, but you could put mm. uh, blackberries, boysenberries with it. You kind of mix that up and you layer it with a little bit of whipped cream on top. So it's a very light, airy, Obviously, I kind of know what the term you're thinking oh, of. It's like the weight. It's like a wafer that's pavlova. Like pavlova. Okay, that's yes. a, yeah, pavlova. From the from the from the See, because uh, of from the, the outfield because of the egg <laughs> with the whipped cream. Good job, D. Yeah. yeah, I would like. I would in a summer day. I would have that with this. Would be very nice. Yeah. I think this is very much a daytime wine. This yeah, is a lunch very wine, much so. You to know me. what I mean? So. All right, we've had our white wines. That's our breakfast wines, right? 8 a.m. Now it's 8.30. <laughs> what do we drink from 8.30 to 9? Rosé. Yes. And then you move All on from day. there. Well, it is Thanksgiving Day, right? Today, you, start you know, this, this is we're working through the timeline. Or yes, that's true. Them. That's true. Now, this is another relatively new wine from them. So cool. It's really cool. And it actually looks like a good, a really good price wine. I love that it's, that it's Pinot based. I love Pinot Rosés. Mm -hmm. What was the cost on the last one? It didn't say. No, it doesn't um, say. That's oh, a no, it question. says. Let me see. It does not say. I don't have that. I'm one. guessing it's going to be in the 40 to 50 buck range. Okay. Don't don't quote me on that. Yeah. But I'm going 40 to 50. Oh, this is a great Napa color. Valley Straight away, great this color. color. It is great. Good color. Yeah. Color is extremely important wow. with rose, and we'll talk about it. More? So I don't know right. the I love why, but I would just. <laughs> so let's get with brunch. So so yeah. Joseph Wagner, who's the winemaker and part of the you know one of the things they've done well they've been in wine business. His great his grandfather, Charlie Wagner Charlie Wagner Senior Chuck Wagner Senior was a prune farmer in Napa Valley. So he was a straight up you know overalls boots and a tractor guy. And they grew grapes in the Napa Valley in the sixties and seventies. And, but it was kind of a side hustle, right? The prune business was, you know, a lot of people don't realize this about Napa Valley. Grapes have only become a predominant agricultural product there really since the 50s or 60s. You know, it was cattle ranching. It was almonds. It was all the things that you'd find in the Central Coast and mm -hmm. Temecula. And then because there was no money in American wine. You know what I'm saying? Until it started, until the Mandavis came yeah. around, until the Gallows got quite serious about it. Um, oftentimes they were Italian immigrants or German. The Wagners were German. The Gallows are Italian. The Mandavis are Italian. So they generally were came to America and were farmers of uh, something else. Wow. And then they brought the grapes of their region. Yeah. Actually, in, before Prohibition, the, the largest grapes that were planted in Napa were Gewurzeminer, Riesling, Sangiovese, so German grapes and Italian grapes. Mm. They didn't become French grapes until the 40s, 50s, and late 60s. This is called, I, I want to say it's We de Perdi. Um, it's sort of like We, like O U I S O O E I E. 
O-E-I-L, Wheel de Perdi. I don't know what that means exactly. What does Can it you translate that, Dave? Type that in. And where do we get this one? This is a similar one. So this is another wine from uh, the same producers of Quilt. So it's Belle Gloss. Belle Gloss, yeah. Okay. Um, and where would probably I get a Belle online Gloss for, online? Uh, online for sure. And I don't, I've don't. i never seen a Belle Gloss um, rosé in normal channels. Um, so... One of the places, if you're listening local, which I just highly recommend for buying wine, there's two places I highly recommend. Number one, High Times, of course. Oh, yeah. Wine at Costa Mesa. Yeah. If they don't have it, you don't want it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like <laughs> you, you, you may be on a bad yeah, run. Uh, another great place is the Pavilions in Newport Coast. Uh, yeah. So, yes. so Peter, it, that's that's probably, I mean, for a grocery store, if you just put the name High Times on the front, it would have as good of a wine, yeah. maybe not as many choices, but a very, very deep cellar there. So those are two great, great. places to find stuff. Also, um, the Pavilions right next to Hannah's. Hannah's, yes. Um, who, which is great, by yeah. the way. And they do yeah. a lot of really, really good wine dinners for those locally listening. Pavilions has invested very heavily. So Pavilions, people don't know, it's part of Vaughn's and Albertson's. It's the yeah. same company. But yeah. Pavilions is their high-tier yeah. uh, high tier group. And there was a guy by the name of Phil Marker, who's okay. their VP of alcohol. And he was one of the very first people to start bringing in high-end mm-hmm. wine to grocery stores yeah. in, in 2008, 2009. When the economy dove... And all these wineries were sitting on all these wines. He jumped on an opportunity to start bringing in these smaller boutique wines. And Pavilions is really a super cool place. I do remember when they did like the whole remodel over by my house in Aliso. And then they just did the wine section. It was phenomenal. It's a huge section. And, and they always have a lot yeah, of Yeah, now they options. have like refrigerated wine yeah. zones. All the yeah. champagne yeah. they've got so in my, there. My brother and sister who live by you, they, they go to events there often. Oh yeah. wow! I didn't know that. They even have wine bars in in, in them now. Yeah. This one has a wine bar yeah. with a cheese bar and pairing. It's really cool. Partridge's oh. eye is okay. what it translates to. Lovely, and that's it is oh, it French, says that right? on the eye of the partridge. Really? Oh, it says it's oh, it's French. French. <laughs> good marketing. Good marketing. Oh, the marketing department here is really good. Um, when in doubt, read did, the label. Yeah. This is our due diligence oh, research. There's also, part, there's also a partridge <laughs> on the label. Right. I mean, you know. Oh, okay. That's great look, marketing. I may be oh, known, I may know some things about wine, but I'm not obviously not a genius because, uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is a pretty bone dry, uh, bone dry mm-hmm. rosé. So I so, like it. Sonoma Coast, which I always appreciate. Excellent. I yeah. always ask what yeah. on the menu. What if I'm gonna have rosé? Can you tell me what the driest rosé is that you have? Let's yeah, look at the, let's look at the alcohol on this. Is this in the 13, and most times 15, it's five? French. This could be on the very bottom or it could be on the front also. Sometimes they move it. So this is in the Sonoma Coast, okay. right? So this is straight up the coast, just like Newport Coast, right? But much cooler. cooler. Now you're right by the sea. Yeah. So they're getting... Want to guess? This is really good. I'm going to go... I'm still going to go 14%. 13.3. So low, okay. I, 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 I was actually thinking low, but knowing they tend to make riper style wines, this is a low... Alcohol rosé for California. Yeah, it is. A lot of California rosés because of the warmth of the area. So let's use a good example like Dow. Okay, Dow's in a lot of places. One of the number one selling rosés in California is Dow Rosé. But Dow Rosé is from Paso Robles area. This is from the coast. So you've got probably 30 miles as the crow flies from the the coast to the interior. That wine is going to be riper. The, the fruit is going to get yeah. more. So that wine is not going to be as dry as this. Mm. It's going to be fruitier, right? This has a very pale color. This has got 
fruit to it, but it's it's also got some nice minerality to it as well. Let's contrast this to, um, to your point with uh, Provence. Okay. So a French. So the French wines, um, I mean, look, if you want the best rosés in the world, uh, it's definitely in France, in, in Provence, and it's basically where Languedoc. the yeah Languedoc, the southern the southern section of France by the sea. So Marseille, yeah. Nice, um, Aix in Provence, these areas, um, they basically grow um, all the rosés are red grapes. So this is a Pinot Noir grape. Um, in that area, they don't grow Pinot Noir. They grow Grenache. Grenache right? yeah. They grow Mouvedre. They grow yeah. Cinso. They yeah. do grow some Syrah as well. And then they will tend to make a wine that is, um, the soils are very stony there. Even though it's a cooler area, it's the wines are being very much uh, affected by those by the mineral, the chalkiness, the slatiness. Not so much slates, but like chalky style stones out there. Their wines will be in the thirteen percent range. Also, um, they're probably picking that wine in like August, middle of August, late August. This one's probably being picked a little bit more towards September, September right? it's middle September. So, um, but but similar this this has a similar color it has a little bit more of the aromatics pinot noir is a lighter style wine so generally with Cinso grenache you'll get a little bit more of a spicy note to the wines in a good way like a uh it keeps it kind of like a little rangy um i think those wines are a little longer than this wine meaning like it'll have a longer mouth finish uh in the wine um what do you think? So do you drink much rosé? I do. Paula? Okay. Uh -huh. I, I really like it. I like something that's dry. I don't like sweet wines. So I actually really like this. This and the first wine we had for me are... Wow, Paula, I know, this it's is, huge. This is I'm a, turning a corner. It's a big day. I know. I'm actually considering purchasing some of that for Thanksgiving, yeah. thanks to you. Of so. course. Awesome. What about you, Tish? I'm going to say I agree. I'm going to probably, knowing me, these are going to be the two that I like, and I'll probably mm -hmm. stop, and I'll continue, but that will be my favorite. I typically like a white, and I like it dry, so this is, I, it's definitely. Knowing her, these will be the yeah. two that disappear at the end of the right. day. Right, if we're already <laughs> saying anything now. Normally, the tasting notes on a wine are like yeah. written by a marketing person, but this one's actually not wrong. It's got like a watermelon, like a like a not so sweet watermelon, like a watermelon, watermelon. gazpacho yeah, kind of sure. feel, yeah. rose petal, orange blossom. There's a little bit of a white flower kind of note in this particular wine. I see um, the flower. So probably for this wine, what they're doing, which is the French way, is they're picking these grapes only for rosé, mm. meaning you want to uh, pick a rosé grape. A little less ripe because you want it to be dry. The a lot of California ones are sweeter because they let they they let it ripen, and then they they squeeze a little bit of the rosé out of and then they make a red wine. So literally, you can squeeze. You'll take red, and, and Pinot, and then you'll allow it's called Saunier to bleed, and they'll bleed some of the juice off of the Pinot Noir, and that's rosé. So some people make it from like riper grapes and they yeah. bleed off a little bit and wow. that becomes their rosé. So a lot of wineries make rosé, they just drink it themselves. Mm. As they're saunying. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they're, by saunying, by taking the juice out a little yeah. bit, say 10%, yeah. Yeah. now the, the grapes have a higher concentration of skin. So they'll get a little bit more power. They'll get a little bit more concentration. Huh. There's a lot of ways to make rosé. Some people just add red wine and white wine together. 
I mean, I'm not saying it's good that way, but there is a lot of ways to make rosé. It's all technique, yeah. Yeah. my mom's boxed wine back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or or you're at a wine tasting and you want some cab, but you've got a little bit of uh, little pinot grigio and you've got like rosé or or vice versa. Just seen a Landon, that's not not happened. At least not in public. What you do in the privacy of your own home, you know? But this is a nice price, 25 bucks. You know, I think this is a pretty... I would have this poolside all summer long. Yeah, this is definitely a good... This is definitely... Where's Tish? Oh, she's by the pool with a rosé. I might have my laptop next to me. <laughs> of course. You cannot do any proper work without a little rosé. Certainly in the more French tradition. So what do you think about foods with this here? So now you're kind of moving on a little bit on the food side. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So for me, I never, almost never pair um, uh, rosé with food. It'll just be like, um, it's like an my all wine. day. It's my before. Yeah. And or if I'm taking a break in between. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have this with a salad, but I prefer just having it and then moving on to... What I drink before I'm trying to decide what I'm going to drink later in the night. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think these, you know, certainly the first sets of wines that we've got are more ap- like après type wines or yeah. more like aperitif style wines where you don't necessarily need food. Um, I like if you are going to go food, you'd actually be surprised. Um, uh, pardon me? Is it chicken? Chicken, sure. You could do chicken. It, these wines actually tend to go really well with grilled meats mm-hmm. believe it or not if you're gonna do like a, a lunch type situation yeah. a little bit of the char on the outside of a meat okay. I, I've done it with carne asada uh, I've Ooh. done it with where it's like a spite like oh. with, it has a spicy marinade okay. and that charry grill yeah. um, I would definitely do something like this like ahi mm. if you were doing like a pokey like a tuna style pokey something not too spicy yeah. um, like a like I, I, I this is definitely sushi you can definitely go oh, with sashimi type things with this, I think, are good um, as you're sort of moving into that place. Um, I could definitely see this with like at the beginning of an omakase menu, right? You've had some sake yeah. and now you're starting to move to some fish with a little more fat content, yeah. like a, a salmon sashimi, a toro, which are more like a tuna belly. So as you're getting a little bit of more fat in the fish, yeah. this kind of drier, a little bit more body in the rosé is going to kind of kind of cut that wasabi also, so I would definitely kind of go in a in a, like a raw or crudo style seafood here. I know that's what you're cooking for your holiday. Well, actually, I'm sitting here well, thinking Paula, that maybe. is for me because yeah. I've been pescatarian for over 20 years now. So I would be that person who would do yeah. something like that. Yeah, rosé is definitely, I, I, it goes great with fish, but I tend to go on either like raw or sear. Uh, more cooked uh, fish, you're going to kind of start to get a different textures yeah. and, yeah. and a little bit more char. But like, I would go more of that fresh sort of style here for sure. I would totally do a grilled chicken salad. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, um, this is a wine that you're going to be able to go. Believe it or not, rosés are extremely versatile. People tend to drink them just for, for yeah. cocktail. Yeah. Probably 95% of it's drunk for cocktail. Yeah. But it's actually a quite the two most versatile wines on the planet are champagne and rosé. So if you're thinking about what yeah. to have with food, like I don't know, rosé and <laughs> champagne are the way that those are mine. Is, is a third, <laughs> my is a third riesling. Riesling for sure. I would say yeah. probably uh, riesling is, you know, if you're asking like people that really love wine, yeah. riesling is is definitely. You know what? It's funny for you know if you invite me back next year, I'll bring some rieslings because pe- riesling is a yeah. very un under un, is a misunderstood grape. Yeah. You think Riesling, you think dro- you think sweet, sweet. Yeah. you think you yes. know Johannesburg Riesling, right. which is like your grandma's wine. Right. Um, it can be completely bone dry, it can be off dry, it can be semi sweet. Six ratings, right? From- it, it, it can be a broad, a super broad spectrum. Um, and actually, I could get you to love Riesling. There's no Ooh. question. You know what would be a great show is to do all six Rieslings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
That, that, that could absolutely be done. Yeah. It, yeah. Riesling is something, what I like about Riesling is good German Rieslings are only 9% alcohol. So you can have a couple extra ah. glasses of wine. It's really wow. the all-day wine. You know? Maybe yeah. I should make that show. <laughs> <laughs> we should make that happen. <laughs> yeah, there are bone-dry Rieslings you can yeah. have that are 9 10% alcohol. So yeah. that's wow. like 25 to 30% less alcohol. So you can have two glasses. Mm-hmm. There's, right. a, there's a wine I drink all summer called um, Finca Nova, and it's a Vino Verde from Portugal, and it's only 9% alcohol. Whoa. So I can drink the whole bottle, and I'm like, it's only half a bottle. <laughs> this is a full bottle. So, so it's just yeah. all about balancing my alcohol and my yeah. quantity. I'm trying to get the most They're out like, of it. like, honey, yeah. no dirty looks. This is good. Yeah, I was like, it's half off. This is like light beer. You know what I mean? So, cool. All right. We got through our kind of light wines, right? Now we're so getting we're, into the meal. So we're three in and four to go? Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. I would do I would do a spinach salad with strawberries, pecans, that uh, good. balsamic. Yeah, uh-huh. that that would be really good. Okay, with this, I think. Yeah, have you ever had like a like a, a mild cheese? Yeah. I think we said balsamic. Like a if you were you ever had like a bruschetta that had like mint, um, goat cheese, strawberries, and like a yes. like a yeah. drizzle of balsamic. Yeah. So that, good. that would be really yeah. strong there for sure. Yeah, I like. I that. love your call with the, with the sashimi uh-huh. and the su- like in, yeah. in lieu of the default sake. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Let's have some this of this next time. Yeah. I okay, agree. so it's it's a glass switch. We're okay. switching okay. from white to red. And uh which let's which, go with this one. So okay. all right, so this is Ladies, uh you go first, this one. This is our world premiere. Our, our actually we did our road premiere on Saturday, but this is our podcast premiere for nice. our uh, new wine. So Hundred Acre Wine is known predominantly for Cabernet. That's what we that's what pays the bills. The owner of the winery is also the winemaker, a gentleman by the name of Jason Woodbridge. Um, similar to the first winemaker, Paul Lotto, he's completely self-taught. I mean, that would be like starting a three-star Michelin restaurant and you just taught yourself to cook. It's a very rare thing to be. You know, he learned to do this before the internet, right? Yeah. So this was like buying, you know, wine for dummies and Jancis Robinson's wine encyclopedia and all those types of things. So this is our new project called Summer Dreams. And this is a wine from also the Sonoma Coast. So the first Pinot Noir that we our rosé was from the Sonoma Coast. This is from the Sonoma Coast as well. This is this wine itself. So each one of the wines within Summer Dream has its own name. So it, we call them like a fanciful name or proprietary name. This one is called Twilight. And we call it Twilight because it's from a vineyard very, very north in the, in the Sonoma Coast. And it's very um, high elevation. So it's like 1,400 to 1,800 foot elevation. So you get this beautiful like twilights and sunsets and really interesting um, pieces from here. Um, This wine is generally quite a cool area. Um, It actually tends to make wines that are a little bit fresher than this. But because this wine is Mm. has more elevation, Mm, yeah, so good. good. Also, also we've gone up in price like four to five times. So mm, now we're coming up. That's what my wife. She's like, is this feels like 150? I'm like, okay, so you're getting close. You're getting close. So this is about 130 a bottle. So now we're moving our way up up the mountain here. This is only you know this is only for the family you love and friends. Um, It is a pretty bottle. Thank you. Yes, you pay yeah, for that bottle. bottle. You know, that glass yeah, yeah. is free. You know, from, from it's a French bottle. Um, I have so, to say, this wine label is gorgeous. I'm I know. an artwork lover, and it is absolutely label. beautiful. Well, absolutely I, I beautiful. I really do That's appreciate the names. Yeah. You know, the stars Summer and stripes, dreams. few and far between. Summer dreams. <sighs> I really appreciate it, it, the creativity. I'm sure there's yeah. a significant story that goes behind putting yeah. that in, and uh, yeah. I, I what say, they stand for. I would say for us. I would say for us, we, 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 we name our wines really interesting things like Golden Hour, Twilight, uh-huh. Fortunate Sun, um, uh, a new wine we have coming out called The Sun Also Rises. For us, we try to think of wine. We're not scientists. 
we're artists. Mm -hmm. So everything for us is about emotion. It's about, we want you, yes, we can talk cerebrally about wine, but really all we care is how does this make you feel? Yeah. So when we set the tone and we give you a certain name or we say something, it kind of makes you think of something. Yeah. The label is a, is a, is a painting by a, an artist by the name of Alexandra Becker Black. And she's a, a watercolor painter. And this is sort of like a self-portrait of herself. And she's oh. catching a raindrop on her tongue. That's amazing. So it's this idea of like, she, when would you catch that in spring, right? Yeah. Well, she's dreaming of summer. So it's about, it's about emotion. It's a, it's a beautiful woman. It's also, it's, it's about the excitement of summer. I mean, you, you, we were so lucky. We live in the Southern California. Summer is awesome for us. Yeah. You live in Houston, Texas. <laughs> summer isn't great. It's 90 degrees, 100% humidity. Hurricanes and Dallas warm. right here. Dallas, so you know, <laughs> significantly different than Houston. By yeah, the way. bad weather in the so summer too, clear. but not as bad as Houston. But that same idea of like this idea that the California summer is yeah. like people's dreams. You know, the the mm. Beach Boys, the whole evocative of Venice Beach. We actually make a wine called Venice Beach, our Sauvignon mm. Blanc, and it's an idea of like the evocative of what's great about California and the freedom of summer. So this Pinot Noir is now you're going to notice. This is a denser style wine now. It's fresh. It's got a lot of beautiful um, lilacs and rose petals and purple flower. I would call it rhubarb. I'd call it <laughs> raspberry, strawberry compotes, sort of those, those red berry fruits. There's some really nice tea components to this, like a little bit of like a, 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 like a tea leaf sort of note. But it's got really nice mid-palate. One of the classic pairings for Thanksgiving is Pinot Noir, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Poultry, turkey, mm -hmm. duck, chicken, Pinot Noir tend to go extremely well with that. Um, I love French Pinot Noirs as well, but they tend to be on the lighter side. And I think it, like, we'll think, talk Thanksgiving for a moment. You're going to have candied yams, mashed potatoes, stuffing. You're going to have a lot of butter, a yeah. lot of salt. Right. So oftentimes those sort of more subtle style Pinot Noirs start to just get you know, sucked out to sea from all that. Mm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like you're a big Pinot guy. When I saw yeah. you on Saturday at the yeah. event, you were kind yeah. of like, I offered you some Cabernet. You're like, eh, I've had those. So I've had Cabernet. Let's go to the Pinot Noir. And, and I appreciate <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of, what are you looking for in a Pinot Noir? It's full body. So full this, body. this has my number right here. Perfect. Yeah. And I have a, I have a funny side story. So, um, some, you guys have heard this story before, but Landon hasn't. So when I took my SOM test and I sat and it was, um, Michael Jordan was my oh, cool. my yes, master, something. and it was a Thanksgiving, a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. So he asked me, you know, what wine should we have? Yeah. And so in my head, I was going to go. I'm going to go with two wines. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you two choices. I'm going to go with a you know, full oak buttery Chardonnay. Yeah. And then with a Pinot Noir. So I started with the Chardonnays, and he goes, "You only get one." So I didn't get to finish after that. Oh. So uh -huh. while I passed the test, his big note was, "You should have gone Pinot Noir." Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pinot is sort of like when in doubt Pinot Noir or when in doubt Champagne. Like wine people love Champagne because it's like a, the universal scrubbing bubbles. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Deal. But yeah, Pinot Noir is always something that you're going to tend to, you know, you're, you're going to do all right with it no matter what. Uh, because it's not, it's medium body. It's not so full body. The heavier a wine gets, the kind of it becomes more, like even a buttery Chardonnay. It you get very like narrow. categorized, right? Yeah. Yeah, you start to box yourself in. It may be a lovely box, but yeah. you're not going to kind of have yeah. the breadth yeah. Yeah. that you're going to have with other things. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, also, as I said, you know, we're going to have two Pinots. It'll be interesting to try this next one. I mean, we're very different in price. So this is a much, ours is much more expensive, but theirs is from a much different area. Theirs is 
from Monterey, so Monterey County, Santa Lucia, so it's way south. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, what this one particularly tastes like. Um, also, Summer Dreams, the wines are all very small production. So, you know, we're an artisan producer. We don't make thousands and thousands of cases. We make right. hundreds of cases. Mm -hmm. You know, we basically, every wine, the way to think of the wines we make are like a couture dress. Mm -hmm. We didn't just weave, we didn't just sew every bead. We wove all the fabrics. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't you don't say how much is this dress. You say how many hours did it take to make. Yes. Um, yes. And that's the way that we we make wine. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's really um, summer dreams is beautiful beautiful wines. We make four pinots from this wine: twilight, golden hour, super chill, and stargazing. And then we have a, a, a Sauvignon Blanc, Venice Beach, walking on Venice Beach, and uh, and uh, lazy lounging Chardonnay. How does one acquire? these i mean that how challenging is it <laughs> yeah our wines are all on allocation basis so that means that they're you have to get on a mailing list so the first thing i would do is you can go to summerdreamswines.com and you'll put your it, it's a very simple website we were uh paula was giving a uh, busting our chops that we don't have great uh <laughs> websites was. she's a pr marketing, marketing pr guru. and uh i, I said I, well, I would say inquisitive hey, um, inquisitive. I'm gonna, inquisitive i'm gonna ask you to use your white glass because i'm gonna uh, I think oh, it would be cool. fun to do I a side by say, side. I actually refuse to get rid of this. Yeah, you can't oh, dump I, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. We're going. We're going. We're going to go comp comp set tasting yeah. here. So on, so on Thanksgiving, our family, I, I enjoy turkey. Me Fam, too. Family, not so much. The rest of the family. Yeah. Uh, what about like a prime rib? You know. Yeah, I mean prime prime rib. I think you're gonna go up with 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 this, not not and not a cap. So you going you as my guest. I'm not going to open a cab, but I might not have turkey. So I think I think we have a wine that Landon is uh, going to show us in a minute. That's going to be your. This, favorite is, gonna wine. this is going to be your, your, your turkey. I will tell I you this. this so, so turkey, I love turkey. I every year we do a turkey cook off. My friends and I are for Friendsgiving cook many types of turkeys. Oh, turkey fun. is extremely difficult to do well. Right. It takes me about four days to make my turkey. Four uh, days? I buy it from a farm. It's never been frozen. I brine it for 24 hour in a in a in a kosher brine. Then I air dry the skin for two days so it comes off the body. And then I do a uh, herb and mayonnaise butter under every orifice of the skin. What time, every what time piece, should I stop? And then by? on the outside, <laughs> yes. And then I cook it at 500 degrees for 30 minutes to make that skin just like chicharron and then I drop it down very low and for a long cook you will if they don't love turkey they're gonna love that turkey so no, it is a 27,000 calorie turkey right, I can right. assure you this is not a like a turkey sandwich oh, lean and mean man. style but it's, it's yeah Landon yeah. you're an artist but you know like so we try just, yeah, we try we're in the wine we're in the wine and art business in picture, oh that, that sounds exceptional Highly yeah no debate I yeah. know but think about that I can go get the most beautiful ex present company excluded you <laughs> incredible piece of steak and i can just take it out of the fridge salt and pepper throw it on the grill flip it over and it's yes. exceptional yeah like the americans work so hard yeah at creating a good turkey yeah and you do what totally. sounds like an amazing yeah. job in I delivering mean, I mean, look, that a prime rib is great you get a banging piece of meat <laughs> yeah. you salt the crap out of it you sear you reverse sear you pop it in there you put the meat thermometer in when it hits, you know, one twenty-five, yes, you're, you're done. And yeah, but shame so on you for not having too. turkey for Thanksgiving. I mean, but this guy spends five days prepping a bird 
Well, I'm sitting yeah. here I and I'm totally entranced by what he said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I swaddle the bird. I mean, I was trying to tell you he's massaging it. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, I have a buddy who's like an incredible cook, and he creates two or three birds. So he does like a Mexican version, spicy yeah. and all this. He then smokes a bird. Yeah. He deep fries a we bird. We do the same. We do we do deep fry. We yeah, do injections. We do right. like certain we, we need invites to these Every things. year we do a different theme of the bird and we'll do research ahead of time and figure out how we want to cook it. And yeah. It'll be similar, but it's a whole project. Yeah, we do the we do the turkey throwdown and we have a whole, whole, love whole that. deal. And, yeah. and, I love and, that. and every year though, somebody has something go drastically wrong. So it's not who wins, it's who has the meltdown who, who went too far afield and tried something exotic yeah. and it blew the house up I mean right, we've had sashimi we've had burned to hell I mean we've had a lot of, you know well also there's a lot of libating going on so oh, yeah. you know sometimes you get a little too I, I've libating. never gone to, I've never had a full Chernobyl situation but I've been close <laughs> I've had some stuff so the second, oh, this, so Landon, look yeah. at the color difference. Yeah, I, know, I, I would have expected uh, summer dreams to be um, darker compared, based on the taste. So tell me what I'm so missing. So what's interesting here, and in this is, I'm trying not to be biased. Please don't. But I will tell you, these are two different price points. Okay. So I think the Bell Gloss is probably in the sixty buck range. Sixty ish, yeah. Sixty ish, yeah. and we're at one thirty. So yeah. it's, it's a different thing. Their color is darker, but the palette is lighter. Yeah. That's why so, I'm not understanding. Yeah, so <laughs> it's deceptive. So our wine, in the color is lighter, but we probably are cropping our fruit. So a grape, a vine is a living organism, right? And its grapes are its babies, right? Mm -hmm. And the more that a vine produces grapes, the vine only has so much life energy to yeah. distribute. Yeah. So certain produce, the more a vine, the more crop it carries. There's a little bit more dilution. It's not yeah. going to get as much of that. You know, there's only a certain pool of gold yeah. called, you know, uh, that can be distributed. So we chop our fruit back to where you're getting probably half as much fruit on the vine, wow. and it gets more concentration. So even though this is from a cooler area, it and, and we don't allow it to sit on the skins as long to get as much color, but the concentration of flavor is heavier. Interesting. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot going on here because normally our first thought is. Darker, heavier, yeah, fuller, exactly. Um, yeah, your you know, mind would definitely go. That's natural, yeah. right? And and for for really f artisan boutique style wines, and, and this this Bel Gloss is a smaller production wine too. It's not mass mass produced, but they're probably not cropping it as low as we are. We're cropping it much much less. I mean, we're probably yeah. making we're making hundreds of cases. They're definitely making a couple thousand, several right. thousand of this particular wine. But it's all it's all different. I would say they have the, to sell the, three times as many. Absolutely. Um, you know, the Belle Gloss. What I like about this wine is this is a pretty crowd pleasery style yeah, wine. There's yeah. enough fruit. There's yeah. enough, um, you know, in the group there. People don't know Belle Gloss was the people that invented, started Miomi. So Miomi oh, was a Belle Gloss wine. It was Belle Gloss Miomi. And then they spun it into, uh, you know, now it's a million cases or more. So, wow. so that, you know, I think... Um, the the Joe Wagner sold that for three hundred and something million dollars, so it was a good it was a good deal Ooh. for him. Um, for but him. their Bell Gloss line is their more boutique line. But as I said, don't judge a book by its cover. Our alcohol is way higher than this. This is, ours is fourteen point eight percent alcohol. This one is fourteen nine. Fourteen nine. Oh wow, that's fascinating. I would have thought this is against what I had said. Normally, you would think that the higher alcohol would be fuller body. I think this is a pure case though of just the amount of production. 
The amount of area. Also, this is a winemaking decision. The color of the wine comes from the skins. So they may allow the grapes to sit on the skins for longer, and, and that imparts certain flavor profiles in the wine. Um, well, I think part of that is also psychological in the sense that like, if I'm, if I'm a regular native Pinot fan, Pinot yeah. Noir fan, then I may tend to have something that has more of this color content and profile. Yeah. William Selyum. Yeah, for example. sure. Great example. Yeah, things like that. Whereas if I drink Merlot and Cab, yeah. then I, and I'm going to drink a Pinot Noir, my psychological nature would lend me to say I would prefer this. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Whether right or wrong, I'm just saying that's, that's my, yeah. my mind connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the case, but certainly that's where I would think. Yeah. These are also prices a big difference. I mean, it's like going to, you know, totally BMW exactly. and you get, you know, your three series, your five series, your six or seven, as you start going up in price, it should have a little bit more features. Yeah. I need the butt warmers now. I need the, uh, right. the X and Y. And so all 100%. those types of things. I mean, we all have friends who are never going to spend $130 on a bottle of wine right. and they're missing out. Right. But their price point is something like this and that's all fine and good. Right. Well, I find the best one. Wine. It's still great wine. It's, they're yeah. both very good wines. It's it's all relative. Someone may say, if you're my mom, she said, I'll have two bottles of that, as opposed right. to one of yours. You know, but uh, she always yeah. laughs at me. She goes, so you're in the wine business. You know, she grew up on two. We grew up on tuna casserole and meatloaf. We didn't grow up on fancy wine, so she still thinks I'm an alien. Both very good. Both, both very. At the end of the day, both, both excellent. But yes, using automobile automobiles automotive industry as an example, a three series wonderful vehicle. Yeah, a seven series wonderful vehicle let's be honest price aside we'd all be driving a seven series of course of course, of course. yeah it's got i'll just leave it at that yeah for Fair sure enough. this is why you've got to invest your money with the bart and his crew <laughs> to make sure that you can afford uh that car and have money for later you want some right. summer okay? dreams yeah summer dreams yeah you want to be having that house on the sonoma coast drinking the wine and it's your third house because Sign me up. you know that's now now we're i yeah. hate to bring it all the way back but this is what it's about so Okay, I'm excited for this next wine. All right. Can we move on to the yeah, next wine? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, the Wine Spectator every year, dump, you know, dump your wines out, guys, uh, if you want to. I am not. not You're not dumping? Okay. Uh, Summer Dreams. Summer yeah, Dreams. He's, he's, he's in the game. He's liking his wines. That's a good Can sign. Can you make sure um, you're allowed to take the Rosé, you know, the Lolato? Scott and I are taking Summer Let's just be clear. They're okay, calling I'm, dibs. I'm going to talk to Landon they've, afterwards. They've called I dibs. Oh, they've called dibs. We're going to have a little showdown. So not a shameless plug, but a shameless plug nonetheless. Summer Dreams <laughs> does have a wine called Stargazing, and it's 75 a bottle. And that's uh, a blend of different wines from the Appalachian that's extremely high quality as well. So that's, that's, our, that's our sort of version of a of a, uh, a little more of a value for what we do. That, that's sort of like the, the least expensive we think we can do at a certain quality. Where can they get that wine? Summer Dreams. Yes. So you can get it at um, summerdreamswines.com. Okay. You'll go in and put your name in there. Um, there'll be a referred by okay. box and you put my name in there Great. and put in a note that you got it on this, that you heard about it from this podcast. And we'll I get you to find the Does that move us up oh, a little bit? Nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Summer Membership dreams. has its privileges. Yeah, summer, summer yes. dreams is going to become my permanent dreams. Yes, <laughs> oh, yes exactly. I mean the, the label says year-round dreams. I mean, the three of us have a, actually the four of us have a very similar wine um, palette. Okay, so this is my wine that you're probably, Tish, you're probably never going to have gone to your Thanksgiving and had this wine or for Christmas because you may not know this wine. This okay. is a wine that's out of the box. This is a Chateauneuf du Pape. And Chateauneuf du Pape means pretty. the Chateau of the mm. Pope. 
So this is a region in France in the Rhone Valley. So it's sort of in the eastern central area of the Rhone Valley. Um, this is um, an area that's known for Grenache and Syrah. Chateau Neuf de Pops are able to be um, many, many grapes. There's actually up to 13 different grapes what? that can go into this particular wine. So it's, you know, sommeliers always do this, like, oh, name the 13 grapes. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's Picpoul, Sanso, Mers uh, Mouvedre, uh, Grenache, Syrah, da da da, yeah, Grenache I mean, Blanc, I mean, at six. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I can get to like nine and then I start to fade. And so this is an area um, in the southern area of the Rhone. This is the area, if you want to get the most bang for your buck from wine, and yeah. this is a great place to get wine. So this is tended going to be, this wine is going to be predominantly Grenache and Syrah. Um, so when you smell this, a little bit of a darker wine, a little bit more of that, you know, now it's like a dried rose petal. It's not a fresh flower. It's more of a dried sort of flower. You'll get a little bit of a roasted meats, a little smokiness, a little bit of a, now we move from red fruits to more purple fruits, blueberries, blackberries, compotes. But the wine will probably taste a little bit spicy, a little bit of a spice note to it. That's kind of a classic old world, new world, right? Mm-hmm. So this particular grape, because Grenache and Syrah have a black pepper and white pepper component, this wine you don't drink on its own. This is with food. So that spicy note on this, you start having it with prime rib, you start bringing some meat in there, all of a sudden all that fruit, all that acidity will go to the back. And the fruit will come right to the front. I feel like this has to go with my truffle risotto, though. Truffle this risotto? Would be sure. Great. Oh, yeah. Risotto for prime rib? Yeah. So, no, no prime rib. Truffle so my, risotto. So my, the prime rib. So my pescatarians, <laughs> my pescatarians go get their mushroom on, right? You yeah, get your, we do. You get great. your portobellos, you get your portinis, you. Yes. you get your oyster mushrooms, <laughs> your chantrelles. Yeah. Uh, all of that. I mean, really, m mushrooms are the meat for uh -huh. non-meat eaters. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Eggplants, things like that, where uh -huh. you're going to have those types of things. Actually, an eggplant dish would be epic Ooh. with this. So you kind of do like a roasted eggplant, a caponata, oh, yeah. something like that. So yeah. it's going to have tomato, going to have red bell pepper in it, which when you roast it becomes a little bit sweeter. American's wine tends to be fruitier on its own. Europeans don't yeah. drink wine for, for on their own. They drink it with food. Americans drink wine as more of a cocktail. So French wines, German wines, Italian wines tend to be drier, have higher acid, so that they're better with the food. Nice. Yeah. The fruitier a wine is, the more difficult it is to pair food with it. So this wine was actually on the Wine Spectator. That's this when was they drink pastis. Pastis. Before they, drink, they eat food. They drink Lillet. <laughs> they drink all these aperitifs. You know, Campari... Aperol, those are aperitifs. Mm -hmm. They drink those because they have the lower alcohol. They actually have digestive herbs in them oh, to help so aperitif great. to kind of help you with digestion. So um, this particular wine is amazing okay. with go to your meats. This will be good with, to, with 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 poultry as well. But now you're starting to work your way into like the day. dark meat for <laughs> for turkey, yeah. duck. Now you're getting into your beefs, a rabbit loin, a, a lamb. Mm. These, this yeah. wine is really going to start rocking out here because the be fats that are in those meats mm. are going to like, they coat the palate and that fat is coating. And this is going to kind of, all the tannins, the drying component in here is going to lock into that fat. Mm. And it's just going to release all this beautiful fruit in the wine. Oh, yeah, a lamb, a lamb shank here yeah, with this. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So, right? Um, Are you with me? Like, uh, <laughs> I know we're gonna Scott's just trying to heckle me over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to make a good portobello dish. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not my, my jam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this... Uh, I know it would go better with food, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm great drinking it without any food. This, you could also decant this wine, and it'll start to be a little more yeah. fruit. Give this mm. wine a little bit of air. Mm. This wine, so Wine Spectator every year does their top 100 wines of the world. Wow. 
Okay, and this was the number thirty-four wine in the world, I think, Jeez. last nice. year. And well, it's not a crazy trees. expensive bottle, though, yeah. right? Meaning, like, if you were to get the, you know, uh, you know, you're talking about seventy-five dollars a bottle, eighty dollars a bottle. This wine will also age for ten years, twenty years. You could wow. have this wine for really? an extremely long period of time. Wow. Some of that spice notes will start to calm down and mellow out a little bit um, with this particular wine. But you really, you know, when you're talking about pairings for the holidays. You're, you know, the holidays is a long time. You know, you're going to have your ugly sweater party. You're going to have your work Christmas party. You're going to have your Thanksgiving. You're going to have, you know, my family's Cambodian. I'm, I'm Jewish on one side. We have our traditional Thanksgiving. And then we have my Cambodian one where we've got like fish sauce and things going in. And they're always mixing in American traditional food with then also um, Cambodian cuisine. So your 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 wine you want to have like I, I generally don't pick one or two wines to have for my holiday. I just grab a six pack. Grab different bottles. Open a few things. Have fun mm. with. It. You don't like it? Give it to grandma. Give it to your uncle. Give it oh, to your friend. You know, open the next one. Of this, I'll split. I'll split it with you. Okay, let me see what yeah. I do. I, they I, have I this at high times. They, they have this somewhere. at high times. Work your connections. They have oh, this at high this times. One yeah. Is? Yeah, that one will be at high times. Yeah. Okay. Um, you made a good point. Uh, uh, can I ask the general yeah. question of of just understanding, making the decision of how long to lay a wine down? Yeah. General yeah, rule of thumb, like to know. Yeah, this is a wine I can lay for. It's based on varietal. It's based on varietal. It's based on vintage. It's based on region. There's a lot of things. What I would generally say, only less than 1% of all wines that are produced are meant to age. Only 1%. See, I would say very, very few people know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I'll give you, you want another fun fact? Uh, Define aging, though. How long? I would say that they would get better with age. (laughs) So meaning one year, two years, five years, 10 years, da, da, da. As you go beyond five years, as you go beyond 10 years, that 1% goes to half a percent, of one-tenth wow. of a percent. And then after about wow. 20 years, probably only one one-thousandth of 1% of all wines are designed wow. to age. I'm immediately thinking of the investment that, <laughs> that people do all the time, and they buy yeah. wine, oh, and then it's been aged over a number of years. Less than 1%. Less than one. When If you're talking about investment-grade wines, you're talking one-tenth of 1%. Wow. Maybe less oh. for investment-grade wines. Right. Um, you know, I get asked all That's the time. Really different. You need to start drinking a lot more. Yeah. Of I was just going to say, I, I, have so I was just going to say, say wine we, can we can help you. We can help this mean, situation. I'm going to make it. I work, I work we with need a group. To I work with a group, in, De- I work with a group <laughs> in Denmark that has over $2 billion in wine and wow. only it's for investment. They the owners have help. never, have never seen the wine. They'll never touch the wine. They'll never consume the wine. It's purely for trading. And it's in a tax-free, bonded warehouse where the taxes never get we, paid, and they use it. And basically, know. it's like circulating. We've got pivot. lines, yeah. Well, I will say this: I don't recommend. Uh, I don't recommend Sounds investing like in wine. But over the last twenty years, wine indexes have exploded. Yeah. If you invested in Burgundy, I mean, there are wines in my cellar that I bought them for fifty bucks, and they're a thousand. I mean, that's a fact. Um, but it's very specific. That's not the everyday person. And then there's yeah. such amount of like the risk there. Yeah, is I don't the recommend it. Correct? Yeah. Has it been laying? I'm correct? in an offside storage. I'm right paying for that all right. the time. Yeah. There's, the, you know, but 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 I think when you come back to to answer your question about age, this is just for general. No, no. Generally, right? generally, age wines will soften and integrate with age. Meaning, so if this wine is kind of like tart and dry and the tannins feel heavy yeah. over time those tannins will soften and the fruit flavors will start to and that we call them secondary and tertiary flavors there's there's like little secret weapons in here and they're asleep secret weapons you know little secret that. treasures in here you know <laughs> and over time as the oak in the wine starts to and the alcohol starts to integrate you'll start to get a fresher different flavor profiles what i do 
for aging is really simple. If I find a wine that I want to age, say 100 acre, right? You spend $700 on a bottle to $1,000 and I buy three bottles or say I buy six bottles. Um, or better yet, your friend buys six bottles and you go to their house. Even better. Um, it's like the friend who has a boat. Yeah, I, drink, I, drink, yes. I tend to yeah. drink one pretty quickly yeah. to see what's going on. And I have one in a year or two, one in a year or two, one in a year or two, and I kind of go on that journey. And real yeah. wine collectors, generally, that's their vibe. It's like the journey. You know, it's like anything that you're into, you know, they're, they're, they're like, and, and what's exciting about wine is it's alive. Yeah. It's living, yeah. it's improving, and it's also dying. So it's all these things oh sort of happening. Yeah. So you finding need that to start rise of run. Enjoying your wine. Right. It's dying. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so wine collecting, I'll just say this as a total aside. I work with probably the largest wine collectors in the world. I literally, five of our clients have the largest wine collections in the entire world. Wow. They like to buy it more than they like to drink it. It's yeah. the acquiring. Oh, yeah. The, the I can't get it right. thing. We are, very, we are very different. Yeah, we are yeah. very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have about a thousand bottles in my cellar and I'm drinking them all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm not saving six very, years yeah, on very the few. waiting list to get a hundred acre. hundred acre. <laughs> hey, you're my friend. Four years. I just saved you two years of saving. That's, that's what you get. That's, that's what, what you get. happens here. <sighs> so uh, even after this podcast, we're going to come back to this wine. Okay. We're going to see how it goes. You can pour okay. yourself a little taste and see what's happening here. Okay. All right. Last wine here. Interesting about this group, I have to say, um, I brought wines that are kind of just a little out there, you yeah. know, and I think the, the, mm. the wines from Copper Cane, they're, they're from a similar winemaker from a similar house. And they, so they have a similar genetics. Okay. There's, I can tell something about them there. So it's interesting. There's a similarity between all of them and my wines are like all over the place because they're different winemakers, different regions and different things. So yeah. it's not good, bad or indifferent. It's just kind of interesting to taste these all. All these together. I guarantee you nobody states a Tokai Frulliano with Val Gloss. There's, We're in like two very different no ways. Two very different worlds. This, okay. I do like what Today's you're saying. Today's been pretty fantastic. a conversation yes. of just having a variety of wine so then people can taste it as you're moving through the meal through the night I know. and experiencing different experiences with the food, how it's pairing. It's the, the best, the best, the biggest mistake American wine drinkers do is they drink the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Like people ask me all the time, Landon, what's your yeah. favorite wine? Yeah, and I say, it's I the next wine. That. I don't either. The next wine is my favorite wine. Exactly. So what I recommend for the holidays is you go to high times mm -hmm. and you go ask for Dan Williams, who's yes. the American wine buyer. You're, yes. You ask for Gary Faust, mm. uh, who's the French wine buyer. You ask for, um, Oh, she's going to kill me. Penny, Peggy, she's the Italian and Spanish wine buyer. And you say, hey, I want to spend 150 bucks. Yeah. Give me 12 bottles of wine. Oh, that's yeah. great. I want to spend 200 bucks. Give me, trust me, they will not stray you wrong. And oftentimes, they know where the treasures are. The wines exactly. that you've heard of, you're yeah. paying a little bit of a premium. Right. Because huh. you've heard, like the branding, branding premium. Yeah. You know, we hire somebody like Paula. She right. don't work for free, That's so you right. gotta put this in there, and it's like all the costs are in there. Marketing. She works so, for wine. Don't yes, don't, of don't course. Start. Okay, this is of course. Well, perfect. But I will just say, and I am not biased. I do not work for Hundred Acre. I am just here enjoying. But I have to say, after hearing you talk about yep. summer you, dreams, it comes right there. and looking at the bottle and tasting it from a marketing it's perspective. Worth every not only is it worth every penny, but it is a full experience. Yeah. Like this yes. to me is not, I'm not having wine, I'm having an experience. And yeah. as a marketing person yeah. who works with higher end brands, that's what I appreciate. So our, our coming back just to total aside about you, were making fun of us in a happy way about <laughs> us having no Instagrams and marketing. Summer Dreams Wines <laughs> at Instagram does have one. Um, 
our whole focus of, I've been with the company 13 years and we built these brands from start from we, we actually don't even call them brands we call them you know wineries projects we call them passions mm, uh, adventures um, our whole mission is to meet people where they are I travel just this week I, be, I did five wine events for charity I did five trade lunches and I probably saw 25 accounts it is the hard way but when I'm talking about my wine you'll never forget the wines and when you're tasting the wines, you're gonna remember that we're not in we're it's, in the emotional experience business. We're not in the impressions business. Yeah. We do have somebody who helps us with that now. And I always keep I have to I've just hired this gentleman named Raleigh Wright. He's amazing at what he does. It was good, but Man, Raleigh's really good. But he's from that sales marketing SEO thing. And I go, Raleigh, remember we are in the art business, not in the wine business. Yeah. And he's he, he's learning that too. And we have to also learn from him. And so it's it's. It's what now. Look, if we made a million cases, we would be in the SEO business. We'd be in the totally, we'd be in a couponing business. Right. We're, we're not in that. But Tish, you know, business. it's kind of the same for us. Yeah, we're not like in that SEO yeah, high boutique, volume boutique, business. Yeah. We're yeah. boutique and yeah. yeah I do have a number of questions. One yeah. from, from a business from a yeah. business perspective. Yeah, please. <laughs> Don't invest in wineries if you want to be making money yeah. one day. <laughs> it's no, bad there's business. A there's right. a joke yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah. <clears throat> but use another extra. So the winemaker that invests in, we're just going to make a really good cab yeah. in throwing out let's a really, really good Chardonnay. Sure. We're going to put all of our effort energy. Our yeah. revenue model is based on all that as compared to Paul Otto, who's I'm going to do a lot of different wines in very small batch. Yeah. What's um paul is a friend of mine i love him he's he is a guy who's doing it for the love of the game yeah, you know he's so a it's, six, a pa it's more of a passion, passion. no it's his whole life it's the that. only job he's got but i think he's got like six people that work for him and to make all that work that wine there's no economies of scale for him at all and, um and if I, when I'm i advise saying. him every day i go let's go a little economy of scale. <laughs> help yeah. you out a little bit. let's make six barrels you know what i mean right. part of it also is he's only working with vineyards that are like little tiny pockets like grapes are not endless they are a, they, the best grapes are rare it's a big part of it um so it isn't like oh 100 acre make more no there's only the small plot of land it's that's blessed by god yeah. and yeah. we get what we get you know right. we get we get that's um, great with with to come back to what you're saying about look our 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 business in Paul's business and many other people's business is really like if you want to make wine that's like going to last forever like i mean like the idea of it you have to not be thinking about the money right it's the same way with Enzo Ferrari he's popular today he was losing his ass you know, for years and years and years That's as he true. was developing this. You know, you see, uh, um, uh, who's the guy, um, not McLaren, uh, the American guy who does the speed stuff. It was Ford versus Ferrari. The yeah. Movie, uh, oh, um, um, God, it's... Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, God, it's... It's anyway. Uh, oh, uh, it's not Roush. It's um, anyway. You know, this was a guy that was doing high performance, high high performance vehicles. Well, they're making these million dollar cars and only got one. Yeah. So it's like there's no economies of scale of that project. Shelby. So Shelby, 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 Carol Shelby, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. uh, Carol, nice. Shel Carol Shelby had my favorite line of all time. It's a perfect line that will sum up it. In. My so when would be very upset. So when Carol Shelby, when Carol Shelby released his first. Cobra, and they had this beautiful car. This Shelby Cobra was one of the most sexy cars made, and it has a little, little, tiny rearview mirror. 
It's literally on the dash and the rear view is only this big. And the writer comes up to him and he says, you know, Carol, this is a beautiful car. You know, I love this, this thing, but why has it got such a small rear view mirror? He goes, the race ain't won in the rear view mirror. It's one in the, re- in the windshield. Windshield, right. right. So, yeah. you know, and it's sort of that idea of this, like, obsession of the looking forward and innovating and keeping on the gas and, you know, drive fast and break stuff. You know what I mean? That sort of attitude. And I think that with people like Jason Woodbridge, who makes our wines and our owner, Paul, other people, they are entrepreneurs, but they're artists. Yeah. You know, and so there is a recklessness to what they do, but it's part yeah. of what makes people, people are excited. People are not generally reckless. So right. they tend to get ex- like connected to reckless people. And that was my, my, I guess my intrigue in, in asking that question of clearly the business aspect of it is considerably different from a Paul Otto perspective. But at the end of the day, it's being committed to what that art is. Yeah. And there's an w- incredible lesson, life lesson learned in them deciding what their business model is going to be in the winemaking sure. and art part of what we do, what you do. There's a lot of ways to do it. So let's taste the quilt, right? This I is think, yes. yeah. I cheated and I already grabbed Yeah, so quilt, quilt is, I think this is a great, juicy, kind of nice, <laughs> crowd-pleasing style Cabernet. This is a wine I think you could put to a lot of different people and they would enjoy it. It's fruity. I like it. Um, it's definitely more, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a full body Cabernet. No. So if people yeah. like cab, that's mm-hmm. like more powerful, like hundred acre is a Shelby. Yeah. It's a Cobra. Yeah. It's a V12. It's muscle. Yeah. It's about muscle. It's that's putting right. a thousand horsepower on the street in those tires. It's about, it's about handling power, elegance, and pure domination. This wine is, is a, a more commercial style wine, but it's made <laughs> to be a great bottle of wine for the money. And I think it's got a juiciness to it and a fleshiness. Um, you know, this is a wine that also you can do all the pairings we talked about. But I would actually say this wine probably just good with you know this is kind of a cocktail style Cabernet in the way that yeah. it's like extremely yeah, approachable. Sure. It's yeah. not very the tannins aren't like it's knocking your dry. yeah. Mouth like you've off. got a couple of wines in your cellar out there that on the cab side that'll be like bigger, drier style yeah. tannin, mm-hmm. yeah. and those wines need some food. This is kind of like, and I always think that that's sort of the bell gloss quilt their thing is like the wines are good with food but they're they what they tapped in on is that people in america drink wine as a drink as a cocktail as a as their beverage of choice you know my wine my wife drinks tequila and wine and the tequila is only in shots there's no margaritas here this is uh you know but wine for her is is a beverage so she wants to be able to have it you know sitting around the couch and, and she's not always like, oh, I need to have food with it. I need yeah, to have yeah. it just to kind of have something that's a nice... No, this is me. Yeah, it's you could drink this degrees. I'm on the veranda. Yes. I've got a wood fire, oak <clears throat> fire burning. Great. You know, I'm watching Sunday Night Football, your favorite thing. Jeez, yeah. And I'm just I'm enjoying this, <laughs> this glass of wine. 100%. Yeah, and I think this wine is probably in the $50, $60, $70 range as well. Yeah. So it's in, in that sort of zone. So, yeah, you know, we gave you a pretty broad spectrum. I think there was some, you know, um, you know, wines that I think you could probably easily find, Belgloss and Quilt and those. You can find those at Pavilions. You can find those yeah. at High Times. The wines that I gave you are wines that you can find at, like, High Times. Um, Paul Lotto sells a lot to High Times. Okay. So if you are, like, don't want to wait on his mailing list and you want to get there, Summer Dreams, La Vie Donjon, that wines, those wines are from High Times. Um, did you oh, price cool. range on here? That, I think, is, like, 60 bucks. 60 to 75 75 That's it? Yeah. This is why I brought this bottle of wine. 
this is a lot of quality for a low. So Chateau Neuf de Pops in general are very good prices. Yeah, they are generally speaking, right? Think about wine like real estate. Okay, if you want to <laughs> have if Napa Valley, Napa Valley is <laughs> Emerald Bay. Emerald, you know, is, okay. is, is 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 Monarch Monarch Beach. Yeah. Even the ugliest house there is a lot of money. Napa is like that. You start to go to certain areas oh, where, like, yeah. you know, Bordeaux is like, you know, it's you're paying for the a lot of the zip code. The Ville Donjon is Rhone in Valley. Rhone Valley, and it's not by the coast, and there's no like uh, royal castles everywhere. There's some beautiful estates there, but it's not. So you're not paying all the overhead. Uh, you know, you're 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 paying. You're getting a lot of wine for the money without paying for, like I said, the zip code. And I yeah, think but that's, that's a gem. It's yeah. an exceptional total wine. Total gem. Yeah, I would put on par. I mean, not with the hundred acre cab. But yeah, for separate, sure. but like on any other, just they make a they make an entry level wine in the area called Cote de Rhone. That just means yeah. the wines of the Rhone, you yeah. know, the hills of the Rhone Valley, and it's a blend. Those wines will be ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. Wow, they'll be better than any California wine under twenty bucks, wow. guaranteed. Well, wow. we're we're kind of waiting. We we know that you have a hundred acres somewhere in your pocket. Like oh a, a, yeah, yeah, for I know. Comparison I know, I know. purposes. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. You? I wouldn't want to blow you out here. Then you'll never be able to do this podcast again. This will be the last one. Did you peak? Top versus, like, oh, let's ask about that. Just, just, yeah. Just so cab was great, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, uh, we just discussed screw top versus um, normal cork. Yeah. There's there's a image about around that. Yeah. Your I mean, thoughts? I would say this: the, a screw cap is a apps is actually a. So contrary to popular belief, the screw cap is actually a safer way to close the wine. Meaning, like corks fail far more than the screw top. The screw mm. top stays forever. The one thing is the cork is porous, and so it, it allows air to get in and out. So the wine doesn't age the same way. That is completely sealed. Um, normally, though, when people have a screw top, they're telling you what? Drink me soon. Yeah. Drink now. But Drink that's easy, okay. that's and that's 99% fine. Ninety nine percent of the wines out there. Ninety nine percent. We 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 do cork for our wines part part of the ageability, but we're an experiential thing, so is not the same as the wine key and the this and the that. And but I will tell you, it's a perfectly acceptable closure for wines that because like in New Zealand or Australia, there I would argue their percentage of screw top is going to be more. More than 99% is my... Yeah, I mean, in New Zealand, it's probably 99%. (laughs) I mean, it's that many. Even the red wines are in that particular piece. But as wines get more expensive, they tend to go back to cork Mm -hmm. because there's a sort of romance there. Also, the price of a cork 20 years ago was about 20 cents. We spend about $2.25 for a cork today. For a cork? For cork. Our corks, because for 100 Acre, our corks have a $100 million insurance policy to get a corked wine. They will pay, like you're basically, we don't allow corked wine. Wine is perfect. We only make art, so there's no. Is it true that art. Portugal is the highest producer of Great cork? Art. Yeah, Portugal makes like seventy percent of all the cork in the world. Uh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's been a it's an interesting journey. I would say I never turn away from a screw cap wine, but I think it is telling yeah. you something that like this is a drink now wine. Um, That's fair. Yeah. So can I ask a personal question? Of course. This is wow. completely self-serving. Wow. I'm a Scorpio. I like candlelight <laughs> walks on the beach. No, no, no. I'm not asking you a question. <laughs> oh, okay. This is selfish, self-serving. Ah, 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 okay. I'm looking for some 100-acre insight here. Okay, perfect. So I invested in a vertical of six, 2013. Okay. Few and far between. Okay. I've drank two. Okay. What do I do from here? What was the vintage you said? 13. So that I acquired in 16. Probably one of the greatest vintages in Napa Valley oh. history. Oh. 
I'm um, you know, I'm going to see you this nope. weekend. That wine. I'm sorry, sir. That Wait, wine. what? Crash. I'm Wait, that crash. wine was a hundred point wine, so it was a perfect perfect wine. Get out. Um, Why have been hiding this from me? Why have been hiding this from me? I'm talking to my friend here. When that wine was released, (laughs) that was probably released. (laughs) That wine was probably released at maybe four hundred dollars a bottle, maybe three hundred. We charge a thousand to twelve hundred per bottle. That's right. I paid four twenty-five. Yeah. So that wine is in massive demand. You could you could put that on wine right wine uh, searcher down. Sell it for a thousand a bottle easily. You have many. I'll buy dinner. So how? But but honestly, like consumer person. How does the how do they actually do? You just you know you don't know. What do you mean? How to so drink like them or I, to sell them? No no no. So I, I, if I wanted to do that, I could it. put them on a, that site. Yeah. There's no regulations around how I've stored it. Yeah. Or it is a buyer beware. Exactly it's a buyer beware situation. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yep. Most of those sites. That's um, good to know. Yeah. And there are many of them, um, and many of them are very reputable. But there's always a buyer beware thing. You know what I mean? I mean, I trust me. I've and you know, um, like Benchmark Wine Group, BWG is a great one up in Northern California. They have a great reselling opportunity. They do their best to inspect the wines, but there's no way they're expecting. You know, look. How do you know the temperature? How do you look, know it wasn't taken out? Look, you have a cellar, and it's been in the cellar for 20 years. Did you have right. a flood? Did you have a brownout? Did right. you have yeah. a heat wave? Right. Did you have a fire? Right. Yeah, people, that happens. So the provenance of a wine is extremely mm. important. Um, it's why we. That's why we, if you want to buy wine from us, you pay the most expensive because the provenance is perfect. Because you know what I think you're the going best, to do. I think the best solution for Scott is when I come visit him this weekend <laughs> with his remaining bottles, he needs to do a, like, a check. He's got to do a quality check. He's got to serve his good friend. Yeah. That bottle, that <laughs> bottle of few and far between 23 is probably among the finest bottles of wine we've ever made. Wow. Boom. How, do we How about that? What do I got to, what do I got to do today? No, what do I got to do to have you pour a bottle? In the next two days. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be knocking that. on the door. <laughs> 2013, right. So You're going to be in Dallas? I, I mean, that wine's at 10 years old right now, and it's just like just <laughs> starting to down. get down. That wine will age for 50, 60, 70, 80 really? years. We're yeah. shut down. You'll be dead before that wine's dead. I have an incredible That's box the 1%. of mac and cheese ready to go yeah. for you. Chop some prime rib and mix it in to add some protein. bring that bottle. Huh? Moxie's and we're bringing that bottle. So this is the thing about Texas. It is so rare to find a restaurant that oh, will allow you. Porkage. They do not. Yeah. Um, Many okay, states it's illegal. Shame on Many states it's illegal. They don't uh-huh. want you to. In Arizona, it's illegal. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to buy the beef. You're going to barbecue. Okay, maybe if Nick cooks. That, if Nick cooks. That, Wait, if this is Nick, all happening, I'm it's all literally rolling Saturday. Saturday. Would you fly out Saturday? We did a, we did a yeah. thing during COVID where we... Um, for No Hungry Child. We were extremely philanthropic and we did something for No Hungry Child. And we offered up an opportunity to have a dinner, hang out with a tasting with Jason, a di- uh, two weekends, a two night stay, and a weekend for another dinner for twelve. And you got to try all twenty two perfect hundred point scores. Oh, Wait, hold on, how oh, do I get in on this? Man, it only went for the bargain price of two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and we sold two of them. Hundred and twenty five thousand. They sold two. That's how you would do it. We had another buyer that came and we sold two. Wow. Beyond my budget, That's but you know what? It is beyond a lot of people's budget. But I'll tell you this: that collector has got an experience that nobody that oh, Charles Koch couldn't get. That's a bucket. That's a bucket. That was that was a mind blower, and he got yeah. to bring eleven friends. Yeah, I should have been. A All you friend. need is eleven friends that I kick in twenty, thirty k each, and yeah. you know, do it up. Yeah, I like it. I can't wow. tell you how much 
insightful this, has this been was. Wonderful. Awesome. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, Landon. So oh, my pleasure. I've been pleasure. just lost in the stories yeah. you've expressed. So great. Like all the details and all of the wines. Thank you so much. This oh, my pleasure. Wonderful. You know, um, check out my Instagram at uh, underscore Landon, uh, Landon underscore hundredacre.com. You'll see yeah. my events. You'll Which is why I didn't know I his last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it used to be called I Ate What? So because people wanted to see what I was eating. <laughs> You know what I, I mean? Why? When oh, I first started so Instagram, everyone, because I travel so much for work. <laughs> but uh, check me out there. Give me a follow. You'll see a lot of events that I'll be doing. You'll see future events. I'm constantly it. doing events all over the United States, all over the world. We sell wine in 61 countries. I'll be in wow. Hong Kong in two weeks. Three, just after Thanksgiving, actually, um, doing tastings. We're in Singapore, Dubai. Costa Rica, Scotland, wow. and um, take you know, me with you for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, take you with you for a week. You know, and let me tell you, the, the hangover that you'll have after uh, it's, it's worth it. It's a pro. Yeah, yeah, but do that every week. See, that's the thing. I, I can make sure these suits keep buttoning. You know. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, the test. That is the test. test. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it is the test. Well, cheers to cheers, you. Guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Let me reload. Hold on. Let me get a little Happy holidays, cheers, Happy everyone. Holidays. Happy holidays. All and we ask is you buy a, a case a week is all we ask. I've been on the list. Happy holidays. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartsandbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value.